Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Just witnessed the biggest party this summer. We're here on AfterBuzz TV to talk all about it right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz The biggest party of the summer just concluded about an hour ago, and we are here to talk all about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am very upset right now because we didn't get the memo uh, about dressing very, very... Yeah, man. Like, this isn't even casual. This is is I respect you, Booker Man. What are you doing? Like, wow. (laughs) This is the fifth biggest pay-per-view of the year. It's the second biggest pay-per-view. Listen, you've got WrestleMania. You've got Super Showdown. That doesn't count. You've got Crown Jewel. Super Showdown, Australia or Saudi Arabia? Both of them. Oh, wow. That's okay. four. And okay. then then you've got SummerSlam coming in at number five. Heel very turn. respectable. And I thought I was wearing a nice shirt. But it's I, a nice shirt. I, I like it. Well, first off, I'm George Hermosa. It doesn't matter who I am because this guy is the, the <laughs> yeah. most well-dressed <laughs> ever on the Ever After Bush Show. But who are you? We brought you back. Hashtag yeah. bring back Jack Work. Hashtag bring back Jack Work. <laughs> and, and hey, you know what? We'll probably talk about it in a little bit. But that is the importance of always liking, subscribing, and leaving the comments. I am literally here because of all the people who put in hashtag bring back Jack. So thank you so much. I thought you were because I just asked you to come back. What's up, Flobo? Who are you? What's going on, man? Well, I thought I was being all festive getting up my summertime get-up, but I'd pale a comparison to bring back Jack or Jack back, bring back, whatever. (laughs) But we're so glad we're here, man. SummerSlam is the second biggest pay-per-view of the year behind WrestleMania. My favorite personal Oh, I think you said you was your favorite. Well, technically, it is the second, not the fifth. But you said this is your favorite. Why is it your favorite pay-per-view of the year? You know, growing up, this was the last pay-per-view. It was the unofficial end of summer right before school started. I was getting the videos, Highway to Hell, Heart and Soul out-of-body experience. It was always a chance for me to fall in love with wrestling every year. Do you remember back in the day when SummerSlam fell on a Monday? Oh, well, that's way... (laughs) That's way back. Yeah, Yeah, because I remember it was like, well, it's a school night, but SummerSlam is like, it's right now. It's a Monday night. I remember watching the the pixelated porno (laughs) style kind of uh, of wrestling, you know? I mean, we all know what we're talking about. But yeah, I remember it was on a Monday, out of all things. I remember like Rumble was on a Saturday, Mania was on a Sunday, right. SummerSlam was on a Monday, and Survivor was on Thanksgiving, and then we became the, the day before Thanksgiving. I remember the Thanksgiving ones. Basically, I didn't have cable, so I had to go to my friends and I'd give them VHS tapes. They yeah, were yeah. recorded, so I was a week behind all the time, but it's a No, crazy. I mean, you said, is it still your favorite? Because I remember, and I, and I asked that because I think WrestleMania is more so the spectacle. That's when sure, you bring mm-hmm. out the new outfits. You know, you, I got my new gear for Mania, yeah. the spectacle, the fireworks, the pyro. This is kind of more so maybe for the matches, am I correct? Like, Absolutely. Is this the quality of the matches? You're not really looking for a, a SummerSlam moment. You just want to steal the show. Yeah, I mean, WrestleMania is going to be like your unicorn frappuccino. This is straight black coffee, maybe espresso. This is definitely like the the, the wrestling, the thinking man's WrestleMania. You get the straight matches, mm-hmm. maybe some spectacle as far as like a stipulation or two, but it definitely comes down to the, the, the feuds. Yeah, definitely. It's a huge show, so it definitely has uh, some of the spectacle, but this is definitely more about the feuds and the mm-hmm. stories and the and the wrestling itself. So, yeah, I think the Thinking Man's WrestleMania is a good way to put it because, 
I think as fans, we really love this one. I love this one. Well, this one came from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. This was the second time they hosted SummerSlam back in 2004. Uh, we're going to talk about that because I want to get into you know Edge and Trish Stratus and whatnot. But the first thing I want to talk about is the thing that I've been seeing more people talk about on social media. Usually I talk about the main events and the W Championship matches. No, no, we're going to get into The Fiend. Okay. Because I think that was uh, one of the best things I've seen in, in WWE TV in a while. Uh, I don't know how long it took you guys, and I want to know like how long it took you guys to realize that the theme song was pretty much a different version, a remix of his theme song, Same Word, Same Everything. Uh, what was your initial reactions when you saw The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, come out? I... I didn't realize it was a, kind of a remix of his old uh-huh. music until I heard the female vocals come in. Yeah. Um, I thought there were parts of it I liked. There were definitely parts of it I wasn't as big of a fan of. I wanted to see a bigger break away from the old Bray Wyatt. In what way? Um, just, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually like that it was a remix of the old song. I didn't like that he had the lantern still. I wanted it to be something completely different to sort of wipe away the old Bray Wyatt. And I thought that's what a lot of the the Firefly Funhouse was Mm -hmm. doing with him cutting in half the old cardboard version and um, the characters that were old versions of himself. And I wanted to see a a bit bigger of a break Mm -hmm. uh, from it, but... You don't think him holding a lantern that looks like his head is a a break? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good counterpoint. (laughs) I get get the spectacle of that. It it came off a little corny Mm -hmm. to me, the, the lantern. It came off... It was a cool... If this was like a Halloween Havoc, I would have loved it. But for this, it felt it felt a little corny to me. Yeah, it's kind of a... It's a I'm torn. The more I think about it, this was me, you know, 13, 14, 15. This is perfect. You got the, the little bit of edge. He's kind of scary. He's mysterious. I like Balor. He's a working guy. I, mm-hmm. I like the way he matches. This is a good thing. But you're asking me now today as an adult, uh, there, there's, a, there's a certain break I had with the character. I really felt like there would have been a lot more... Um, more re- it would be more resonant if we had regular Bray work himself up to the Fiend. It's just saying the Fiend will be there next week with the same bad taste in my mouth I had at the last Saturday show when it's like, oh, the demon's going to be at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Like it should have been a surprise or at least an escalation uh, there, but we didn't get that. So we got all at once and okay, great. Now we know what we're dealing with, but is it going to be something that's going to be fun or mm-hmm. is it going to be just a summertime thing we're going to forget about? Comes well, I mean, don't you think that's part of the 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 uh, uh, well, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like. Like just something where you got to look forward to it. Like now that it's over, it's done. He had his first match. Yeah. Is it something where we're going to see more of the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse? Are we going to see at some point Bray Wyatt come out in front of an audience, or is he always going to show up as Bray on the screen? But when he's in an audience, he's going to be the fiend. Like all these uncertainties that we're going to have. Like oh, it's what, a fantastic, it's a fantastic question. But the, here's the problem I have with the match, and their match is supposed to leave me wanting more. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a straight squash. He didn't totally roll over Balor, so it wasn't right. like oh, he's so dominant. And it wasn't like this hard fought battle where you saw him go to a dark place and become extra fiend ish. Where it's like wow, he can be pushed. This was a match that uh, an odd length that made you go, all right, that's the fiend in a nutshell. I guess that's it. I don't want to feel like I want to see more. I feel like I've seen everything. Yeah, it didn't feel like a match. If Yeah, I wouldn't call it, because it, it wasn't a squash. It wasn't a match. It felt like they were supposed to have a match, but then last second they got told they had less time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't leave feeling like The Fiend was dangerous. He just felt like a wrestler after it was over, instead of being this scary creature. Because Finn got some good offense in, and so... I'm not scared of who he's going to come after mm-hmm. next because it's like, oh, well, if he went after Roman Reigns, he'd probably get Superman punched. But do you think this is what everybody always talks about wrestling being, or WWE pre- presenting something different? Do you think this is different in oh, yeah. terms of what you know everybody's asking for? 
it absolutely is different. And to be to be fair to Bray Wyatt and the Fiend and. It's possible my expectations just went too high because mm-hmm. I've loved the build to this moment, mm-hmm. and so it's possible that I just said I want it to be way better than it realistically could be. Um, but it, I just, it, I really wanted to see something a little bit more than Bray Wyatt in a mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes down to it, I think all of us, or a majority of wrestling fans, love Bray. They're rooting for Bray. They want the best for him. But the last thing you want is a boogeyman redux, where this thing comes in, becomes almost a great character, then a sideshow, and then ultimately becomes a joke. So we really want to make sure that he can you know, be here a long time with this character, but I wasn't sold as this tonight. So with that said, do you see him as more of a special attraction? Is, are we, should we see The Fiend wrestling on Raw or SmackDown, or should it only be on pay-per-views? Yeah, the Fiend, if you're going to do like the split character, he just should definitely wrestle as Should Bray he ever Wyatt. wrestle as Bray Wyatt on Raw or SmackDown? That I mean, should or? be the week-to-week stuff and, and the, the, the big matches we have the Fiend. Again, I like the fact that it was announced as, oh, my alter ego is going to be there on pay-per-view. That, to me, was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. If that's going to be the way you're going to portray it as, I have these dark places, I find this thing. But Bray, normal Bray, human Bray, should be part of the mix, too. Yeah, I was hoping we would have seen uh, the Fiend cause more damage and do something like breaking a table or do something a bit more destructive and then on Monday, see Bray going oopsie doopsie, mm-hmm. you know, in the in his Firefly Funhouse way. Sorry about that, guys. Things got out of hand, or in his way. But I, I, again, it, it just it, it felt it felt like a mid card match. So when it's all said and done, would you put it as a hit or a miss? Minor hit, for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah I put it as a hit because it wasn't bad. It wasn't like I, I take this off my TV. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Katie Vick or the Hand or anything <laughs> like that. It's just there was a lot of expectations going in there. We don't want Bray to fade away. He he found a way to come back not once, not twice, but three times. You count Husky Harris. Really wanted to be successful, but this could be corny if they're in the wrong hands. Yeah, it's. Um, I'd have to agree. I think. Before hearing Flobo answer, I was going to say a, a slight miss, but I will have to confess that when when this whole thing was happening, I stopped everything I was doing and was watching. You know, when you're watching a show this long, you're typically kind of doing stuff, eating mm-hmm. food, or you know, chatting. But that was definitely a stop. What I'm doing, watch and see what happens. So, I guess I do have to call it a hit of some kind mm-hmm. because it totally had my attention. I think more so when I immediately thought or saw everything. The presentation was like action figures galore. Like I'm sure people can't wait till that entrance is in the video game. You know, just mm-hmm. I think the whole person. I think that's exactly what they want. Just new merchandise. Now, I mean, I know the previous Firefly Funhouse's shirt has been garbage, yeah. but I'm hoping that this, something like now that this is out there, it's like oh maybe they're gonna improve whatever their merch is for that. Sure. We'll be interesting to see if we see masks. Oh, the masks you are already on sale. So, yeah. They're already on sale. Really? Uh, they the, the yeah, I heard they had like puppets and like little characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the masks for sure you can buy like the like $45 or something at the Superstore. $45 for the mask? Mm-hmm. I thought it would be more. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if anything, yeah. uh, now we're good with the, the main event, of, uh, which led to the main event, uh, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. I have my own thoughts of the match. I want to know what you guys thought. Uh, but what did you think when you saw this match again? Like, did you th- did you predict Brock winning? I know you probably predicted Brock. Yeah. But like, did you just say, "Oh, here comes another Brock Universal Title reign"? I thought this was almost a guaranteed Brock win. So I was absolutely shocked. I thought the match was way better than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expected it to be kind of a typical Brock, mm-hmm. uh, you know, smash, smash, smash. A little bit of offense from Seth, smash, smash, end. But there was a lot of Heavy hitting moves. I loved the when he ran Seth into the the ring post. I loved the f- frog splash off the top through the announce table. Uh, I thought it was a. I thought it was way better than I expected it to be, and the outcome was shocking. And it was I. 
we'll be. I'm interested to see how the Seth Rollins championship mm-hmm. reign goes, but how I felt in that moment was great. I thought it did its job. Yeah, the match was a bit shorter than I thought it would be. Brock's uh, title reign was a lot shorter than I thought it would be. He usually gets the belt and he kind of like holds on to it with an ironclad grip for a long period of time. But, uh, you know, Seth is the guy on top. I would not have him as winning on my prediction card. I got that one way, way wrong. But where does Brock go? In fact, it was so sudden, I was like, maybe there's a huge like new era for Seth. Maybe there's like, another opponent in the shadows. Uh, to me, I just felt like if you have Brock in the mix, that you would keep him out there longer. So him dropping the belt makes you realize, hey, is it going to be a third person? Are you going to see the return of Baron Corbin? Or what have you. Let me tell you why I had Seth Rollins winning. Uh, we all remember the WrestleMania moment, the WrestleMania mm-hmm. match. You know, they opened the show. It was last minute. They put it. To, it was supposed to be like semi-main, I believe. Right. They moved it to the beginning of the card, whatever. I feel like this match was everything that that WrestleMania match was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That that this was that match. So if anything, I I don't know if it's it's a correlation or not, but I think Rollins. He didn't really take Brock's best in that match. It was like, Rollins comes in, he's hot, suplex here, but, you know, three curb stomps, he's done. It's like, all right, cool, you know, kind of Seth Rollins. They didn't win on a fluke, but it just kind of happened. I feel like this match was everything that that match should have been. I'm hoping that now maybe people can get behind Rollins a little bit more because mm-hmm. now he took Brock's best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He took, it, he took it, and he survived, and he won, and he won the title. And now it's like, now what? You know, now I'm hoping maybe this was going to be the beginning of the reign that he should have had from SummerSlam. None of this, like, oh, now he's going to face Baron Corbin and like Baron Corbin, but you know, let's be real. Like that right. program was kind of weak. Right. Now yeah. you know we saw him against AJ, but now now what? I know I don't even want to guess what the next challenger is going to be because this wild card rule is going to be pretty much anybody. And rumors of another brand split coming up right before the Fox deal. But I don't. know. I just felt like this match was everything that that match was supposed to be. Okay, fair. I'm so glad you said that all that too because I was thinking about it. I don't remember who the last person was that beat Brock clean in a legitimate. Match. I think it's like, Goldberg, maybe. Because yeah, even even the yeah. Goldberg match was kind mm-hmm. of just a quick spear done, and yeah. it wasn't like a real match match. Where and again, as you said, the WrestleMania match was sort of he caught him off guard, mm-hmm. pinned him. But I don't remember the last person to really take a beating from Brock Lesnar in a real match and win clean. Um, so someone in the chat in the comments, go ahead and let us know there. But well, I kind of take my pride on like knowing this kind of stuff. So uh, as far as like that, I mean, I can't really think of that either. Where it's like maybe Triple H back in WrestleMania twenty nine, uh, yeah, yeah. because after that, that's when Rock Brock came in and beat you know CM Punk, Big Show, you know Braun Strowman. But like even like recently, and then we always know that he does he has better matches with smaller guys. His, I mean, mm-hmm. we, let's be real. Like his best matches have been with like Seth Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Finn Balor. Like those are his best matches. So yes. We knew this was going to be fire, but yeah, again, I thought that this was everything that that was going to be at Mania. That match should have been at Mania, but obviously schedule changes and whatnot. Sure. It does make Seth Rollins feel more legitimate yeah. as a champion too because he, he took his best. Yeah, and he, he came out and it wasn't a sneak attack. Well, not that he, it was a sneak attack at WrestleMania, but it was just kind of a quick wham, bam, bam win. Where this, yeah, he feels like a real champion that's been tested mm-hmm. but as you mentioned now the the question is who's next for well who is next i know this wild card rule kind of opens it up for everybody but like what would be make sense like are we going to see another kind of out of nowhere challenger like a baron corbin or are we going to see somebody who's been being built but who is there really like yeah there's no one that's been, there's that's nobody been, been built i mean even guys that you would think like your usual suspects like a drew uh, mcintyre and like that i think he has to be reestablished again yeah like, like drew's kind of been like he wasn't even on the pay-per-view right so right. you're gonna have to have someone either like called up 
or someone like just getting like a battle royal kind of a deal with mm-hmm. the next challenger. It's going to be a short program, like a Braun, maybe Braun Strowman. I mean, Braun Braun is basically a face still, so I mean, I I wouldn't do that, but yeah, he's definitely in the back waiting to go. But I if I was if I was a general manager of Raw, that's when you have like your battle royals or your your scramble match and really give a fresh challenger for the short program. But if you were the executive director of Raw, like who would you have win? Like the, who's who's like the, that main event scene is kind of really non-existent. Yeah, it's pretty thin. Like, you can't. There's there's really no one with a grudge. Like even your heels are just kind of like we're just like Cesaro, for example, has a body and strength, but he's a heel. That's just a classic. Because even look at there's Baron no Corbin. One. Like yeah, he was yeah. the last main event or a person to challenge it, but he hasn't even been there since he lost at Extreme Rules. Well, yeah. he lost what was it three in a row? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Braun, so you can't. Really, I mean, if they brought him back for another round at this point, it'd be. No one would be interested in mm-hmm. it. Right. I would think my guess would be a Braun Strowman, just because he is a face, mm-hmm. but you can sell it as a big deal. Mm-hmm. You can kind of give Seth Rollins another monster killer vibe from that match, and it gives you a month to build up one of those guys like a Drew McIntyre mm-hmm. or a Samoa Joe or whoever back up to the level they need to be at so that down the road they can have their their match but by clash of champions i can't imagine anyone legitimately being built up more so than just a braun Strowman. i'm not super pumped about a braun mm-hmm. Strowman world title match but just on paper that would be my thought if i was the gm that's what i'd be thinking well i know there's a lot of questions with who the next challenger for uh seth rollins is going to be but i know there's no question of who the next challenger for kofi kingston is going to be depending on this double right. count out finish yeah. sounds like it's going to be another kofi kingston versus randy orton at clash of champions which i'm not complaining about not at all. i like the match you know, yes. and, and it's one of those where not every match has to end in a clean win. You know, sometimes, sometimes you got to remember there is a next show, there is a yes. next pay per view, and and to be honest with you, I remember thinking a couple of weeks ago, I don't want this match to be just blown off at SummerSlam. I kind of want to see it go yeah. two, three months. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only grab I had is that they did the family angle, which is very similar to, to Joe's and AJ's feud. But I mean, not saying it's you can't do it again. It just felt like it was very, very similar, especially mm-hmm. with Randy Orton and how you know the home invasion angle he did with with Triple H ten years ago, which. I know I'm old and all. I feel like character-wise, he wouldn't do that. But hey, you know, he's the kind of guy who's be like cerebral, so that's fine. Um, that to me, that storyline for those of us who were there watching it live in '09, it was the best payoff. So to have it once would be a disservice. If Randy went over clean, or if Kofi went over clean, it'd be and everybody over. It'd been like, oh, great. Now you your grudge matches. Now you get your stipulations. Now you have your your back and forth. You can really build it up to being a few of the year. Yeah, I loved how this ended. I, ne- mm-hmm. I I can't believe I'm I'm saying I loved a double countout ending, but I agree with you guys. They definitely need to have another match. But if Kofi had won, then another match would have felt repetitive. And if Randy Orton had won, then it would have taken a little bit of the shine off of this Kofi Kingston run. So I want it, I want Kofi to keep the title, which now he can. Mm-hmm. We can have another match, and we still don't have that. Oh, it's just a repeat of the last match. Even though it is, right. but we're still waiting for a winner. Do you winner. think there's going to be a stipulation for the next match? Or? It must be a winner, at least. And that don't DQ, but definitely must be a winner. Just like a, I hope it's not a last man standing match. Because I feel like every time there's like a double count out, which makes no sense why they would make a last man standing. Yeah. Because, um, like, oh, you couldn't answer the 10 count in this match. Why would you be able to answer a 10 count in the next match? Uh, but do you think it's just going to be a regular no DQ match where. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of a, kind of oxymoron, but yeah, no DQ would be my choice, for sure. Because he didn't yeah. do anything that would like lead to any kind of stipulation. It wasn't like it was a, a, a break apart. It wasn't the like a hardcore. The candlestick. The candlestick says hardcore, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I think that Kofi is that kind of champion, even though he has that main streak, it would be kind of like a disservice. No, but good. you just mentioned it right now. Like, a lot of people have been cra- uh, craving this Kofi this Kofi mean streak. Is this what you guys want? Is, is this what the fans or you guys wanted? 
I like seeing it. Uh-huh. I thought it gave him a different dimension. I'm not even gonna talk about the crowd because that Toronto crowd was was. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of wonky. No, yeah. I like I like him with the microphone when he, when he says that. Like even that's why I think Kofi Mania started. It wasn't the fact that he was athletic in this match. It was you know don't go easy on me, AJ. I've been here 11 years, or you know this is my this is my time. So those are things you can like really pull from where kids can say I want to be that you know or here's my here's my here's my champion you know. Yeah. Good. No, no, I just I, I mean. I, I I love the positivity thing, but at this point, I think he needs to bring his character to a different level, mm-hmm. especially as he's going to up up his his feuds and his rivalries. I think just the throwing the pancakes thing, it needs to go beyond that. And this, I would love to see, be the first step to him, not necessarily just being angry, Kofi, but taking things more seriously and treating it that there are, I guess, dangerous opponents out there, and it's not just all fun and games for him. So I hope that's what we see. Yeah, I like the pancakes too, but it is a bit jarring him giving out pancakes for title defenses. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. like, don't you yeah. think like this is the one guy that didn't really have to change? Like, you always hear like Kofi, just be yourself, like just be you. Like the fact that he never really had to make that full switch from the pancakes to. Not the pancakes. No, I mean, look, if you want to be fun-loving and that's great, like, uh, let's take an example. One of my favorite wrestlers on the current roster, Bailey. right? Mm-hmm. I like Bailey. I always defend her and stuff like that. And she's trying to be a lot more that that even-keeled, like, uh, uh, what's that, grounded wrestler. But as still, she comes out with the fringes and the inflatable tube men, there's a part of us that write her off and go, oh, she's happy-go-lucky. Mm-hmm. She's happy to be here. It's not a real championship. So him doing a promo, him them screaming around with Big E and giving out pancakes on SmackDown, great. But if I'm facing you and I'm Randy Orton and you're giving out pancakes I can't buy into you for that match you're still great it's just kind of like ugh it just makes it seem like he's not taking it seriously because he did the same thing with Samoa Joe right where Samoa Joe's supposed to be scary and you're coming out throwing pancakes and you have Randy Orton who's supposed to be dangerous and you're throwing pancakes right I I don't mind the Smackdown stuff throwing the pancakes Mm -hmm. but when this should have felt like a very serious moment for him and it when you're throwing pancakes, it doesn't feel that way. But at the end of this match, when we saw him get fired up, mm-hmm. it felt serious, and it felt like he was really passionate about it. So do you like the direction that they're going with now with Kofi Kingston, maybe into a Extreme Rules or whatever the, the call these matches nowadays, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like a no-holds-barred. Although, have you ever seen, like, a holds-barred match? <laughs> no <laughs> headlocks. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, there's just no hold. You can do whatever you want in this match. Hey, like, watch the wrist drop. <laughs> That's enough. None of that. And, and, and I mentioned Toronto earlier, so I want to talk about Trish Stratus and her match with Charlotte. Yeah. Um, this was... I, I was looking forward to this match just because of, you know, I, I think Trish is the best female wrestler ever. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people think that Charlotte's the best wrestler, period, today. Mm-hmm. You think Charlotte's the best today? I think she, I think she, if she retired today, she would be the best female wrestler of all time. So why would I it, think she's already done so it. So if she, if she, if you think that if she retired today, then why wasn't she just, why is she just flat out the best female wrestler ever, regardless if she's retiring or not? No, I'm just saying she doesn't need to continue her okay. like like she's already there. Even if we were to say you're done now, she's already so, she's already the best of all time in my opinion. So what that said, what did you think of this match? I thought it was good. I thought it was what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought Trish knew what her limits were at this point and she didn't try to surpass them and so it never there wasn't a lot of like awkward, oh, she can't hang kind of stuff. I thought uh Charlotte Flair did an amazing job. I think she always does. Um so I liked it. It she put over the the young star. I, it did what it was supposed to do. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was definitely the result. The result was shocking, but I was glad it went the way it did. You think Trish was going to win? 
I didn't think she was going to win based on level of skill, but I figured that you had two Canadian competitors and Natalia and Trish, and uh-huh. it'll give us one. <laughs> and I and I thought that would have been Trish, but uh, but you're right, like KO one. Yeah, I guess I, I had him losing, so I, I was way off that prediction sheet. Uh, but yeah, the fact that she tapped out was kind of surprising. But I was like, you know what? That's the way it should have been because she definitely uh, Charlotte was definitely on top of her game. So I mean, you have th- this match, and and I thought it was great, fantastic as well. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that this match happened because we all remember the last time that Trish retired, same building, mm-hmm. but she won. Now the the whole like story or about wrestling and respect has always been like you go out on your back, mm-hmm. right? You know you go out you go out looking at the lights. Do you think this was in some way was maybe Trish giving? I mean, obviously it was giving back to the business. But do you like this ending as opposed to her previous uh, retirement ending? I think it would make sense if she like you know went off to the sunset. It'd be fine. But like you were saying earlier, when we were watching it live, mm-hmm. that she's going to be in the Undertaker spot. Where if they need her a year from now, I think Trish would do it. You think Trish will come back? I think she will come back. You, if, you yeah. think that because of this building, because of her hometown, you think that she wants to do one more match in another city and some other you know not not her hometown? Well, I, I think Trish isn't hurting for money, but definitely if it's something that's important, like at Evolution last year was important. So she came out for that. Uh, this match is at SummerSlam Toronto, so came out for that. I think She's done. I, I think she has I, one more. I really I, think she has one more. I think she could come back. I don't know. But she looked great. I, I, I think she could. Into I think it, she physically could. Yeah. yeah and, and I think, as Flobo said, I think if the time comes, WWE, WWE would call her, and I think she would say yes if they asked. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's going to be calling them asking if she can have another mm-hmm. chance. But this, it's wrestling. They always want a legend to come back one more time. I think uh, she's done. Like especially with like 2006, where she first retired and she didn't wrestle again for like five years. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like she was she was content with that retirement. I don't I, I don't see her coming back in five years when she's near fifty. You know, like I don't. I mean, good for her. You know, like yeah. she she again she, the one the first one she ended up winning the women's championship. This one she ended up submitting to like you said like one of the best female wrestlers of all time, mm-hmm. maybe even top five currently. I think, again, Trish, I think, the best is of all time. But, I mean, kudos to everybody. I think this is a great match. The, the crowd loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media loved it. Yeah. So, again, I, I think this match was everything that it should have been. Yeah, yeah great, a great job all around for them. Uh, yeah. But another women's match, the Raw Women's Championship, which opened the show. Right. Uh, was... Now, real quick, Becky opens the show a lot. Now, now I have kind of a hot take to, right, to, 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 yeah, share, to share with you guys. All hot takes. The, the more the more these Becky Lynch matches are opening up the show, it just kind of craps all over the fact that she main evented WrestleMania. It's like, wait, you can main event WrestleMania, but you can't main event these other shows. That just shows like. Well, it, it, one, it was all Ronda. Two, like, mm-hmm. what? Do you not have the respect for them to for them the main event again? That just shows how forced it kind of feels. That you, almost as if you just forced them to be in WrestleMania main event. But now you're opening up Money in the Bank. I think she opened up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know she main event at Extreme Rules, but that, let's be real, that's because of Rollins and, and, yeah. and Corbin. But like, what? You're just gonna keep opening up these shows? Like, I know, I know it's a good, important role in the show, but like, you, no more main eventing. Yeah, I think one and done. She, I think she's just been. She was forced to where she was. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that made it so she was in a hot angle mm-hmm. that that got her to WrestleMania. And obviously, Ronda Rousey has helped make that possible. But since then, she just hasn't done anything. I, I don't think. Who does that fall on? Well, I think some of it has to fall on her Mm -hmm. because I think there are other wrestlers and other people that would still take what they get and make it great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm someone who uh, it's NXT, but I'm some uh, Velveteen Dream is an example of he got nothing, but he's made it something great. 
so I think if she's getting TV time, mm-hmm. and if you're getting TV time, I think it falls on you. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're someone at EC3 who's not on TV, well, then it's tough for him to do anything. But she's on TV a lot, and every one of her promos and everything she does really always just comes down to, I'm the man, I'm going to win. And that really the only thing that's kind of propping her up at this point is that she gets fed people every month. If, I think if they, if they had her lose a few times... All of her promos stopped making sense. Can I say how much I hate that she calls herself the man? Go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah. No, because, because okay, like, you're not allowed to call yourself. That's like you. You are. You look very well-dressed today. But man. if you come in saying, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm so well-dressed today. It's like, I don't know, it kind of takes away the allure of, like, me <laughs> thinking that, you know? Right. It's like you can't give your – I remember I interviewed Josh Barnett years ago. He actually had AfterBuzz TV, and he was like, you don't really give yourself a nickname. You let other people name it for you, you know? Like, for example, like, you – I mean, if they're a heel, all for it. But if she's supposed yeah. to be a baby face, you know, how do you feel if somebody comes in and says, oh, man, I'm the man, I'm the man? You know, it's like, no, we're going to kind of think that they're, like, you know, a D-bag, right? Right, but no one ever sat around like, you know what, that guy is the excellence of execution. He had to tell himself that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, George. Like, if there was one way I could describe <laughs> yeah. Bret Hart, it's that he's the best there is, <laughs> the best, the best there was. <laughs> I, to answer your first question, I think that, that, and also what you were saying, Jack, Becky Lynch has that name, the song has everyone hyped, so she's in the first part of the show, mm-hmm. but her quality opponent is not there. Part of it's her fault. Part of it's the fact that we're all women's division is kind of paper thin. I mean, you had to elevate Natalia. I'm not saying she's not deserve it, mm-hmm. but it seemed came, came out of nowhere. Um, so it's like, what do we do with that? You fed her Lacey Evans three months. She hasn't been on TV for the last three weeks, but you're not going to put her with what Ember Moon, or you're going to put her with uh, with Dana Brooke, I'm sorry, and, and have her in the main event that SummerSlam. Do you think it's the opponents then? I think it's part of it. I think what you're saying is part of it. It falls on her as a character and being compelling, but then her quality of opponent. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to see that. And then maybe it was Ronda at WrestleMania or it mm-hmm. was Charlotte because at WrestleMania. Because let's be Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky are all main event caliber athletes. Yes. Right. God, you know, sorry to say, Lacey Evans is not. Uh, Naomi is not. Dana Brooke is not right now. I mean, they can change. Yeah. But, like, the, I think it's not that Do you think if Ronda comes back, which I was expecting her to come back this uh, today, actually, yeah. like, you think that is warned of a main event? I would think so. Yeah, Ronda. Yeah, Ronda is a main eventer. Mm-hmm. Like she deserves a main event. She's going to get eyeballs, so she should definitely be a main event. Um, to the point of not having enough uh, uh, competition. Again, I, I think that kind of falls on the booking because again, they've had Becky and Charlotte crushing people for so long. They've destroyed the credibility of everyone else on the roster, mm-hmm. especially then when you go back to when Ronda was around and she was also crushing everybody. Uh, if you have three people crushing everybody consistently, you're going to burn through everyone really quickly, and that's kind of what they did. If they, had, I mean, I don't like doing the hindsight book. I hate going back. I hate mm-hmm. like, oh, if they did this six months ago, then you could do this. But that that's one of the reasons why there's, it's paper thin right now is there's everyone has been squashed at this point. Or an active that injury. That's pretty much. What did you guys think of the match, the submission match? I, I thought it was. I, I I enjoyed it. I was hoping Natty would win. I really bought into her during the build of this. Yeah. When, when they first paired up, I was like, okay, this is a throwaway <laughs> right. Right. situation. But I really bought into her during the build up. I loved the sharpshooter through the ropes uh, oh, spot. That was good. Yeah, that was a really cool spot. Um, uh, I, I was hoping Natty would win, but I liked it. I thought it was good. It was a good opener for yeah, me. Same here. I thought it was a good match, and Natalia really brought it. You know, it felt like a, a, a big four type of matchup. So, um, granted, I had uh, Becky Lynch going over because I didn't really think she was going to win it. But if Natalia won, I wouldn't be upset. 
Uh, what about the other women's match? The SmackDown women's match. You had Becky, not Becky, uh, Bailey versus Ember Moon. This yeah. match, I think, has got a lot of criticism, maybe for the lack of build. I feel like Ember Moon, somebody that came out of nowhere. Natalia right. at least had the credibility of being right. a great wrestler for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Ember Moon, she's always seems off and on, off and on. Do you think that this was the right opponent for Bailey for SummerSlam, which is second or fifth biggest pay per view of the year? <laughs> second or fifth? Or fifth. Uh, nowhere in between. Nowhere in between. Yeah, like I said before, I'm a huge Bailey guy, and I I do think that she does not get a lot of the love she deserves. However, this matchup was weird to begin with. Having Bailey come out SmackDown saying, "I pick Ember Moon," who was in backstage like reading a book, losing the Manny Rose and Sonya Deville, was kind of like, "Well, is Bailey picking a weak opponent?" Okay, now you got you're in this position. You're booking backwards to make Ember Moon look like she's cunning and she's strong, but then she hasn't have enough goodwill with past matches for us to believe in it. And what we got was a match that was great in a bubble, but since no one cared about Ember Moon, and we already think Bailey. Is, is not getting the respect she deserves. It was a match that the crowd was not into. Um, it sucks because, like, if you watch it on mute, if you watch it by itself, it was a great match. But it's definitely one you can't write a home about. And be like, oh, right here, Bailey, she deserves her spot as SmackDown champion because of the lack of build. Yeah, I consider the SmackDown Women's Title the Intercontinental Women's Title at this point. It just always feels like it's a secondary title in the mm-hmm. women's divisions. Uh, this was a, a tricky spot for them because I believe that Bailey right now is still being proven as a champion. And Ember Moon is still being proven as a contender. So you had two unproven people in a match that's supposed to have two proven people. Mm-hmm. And so much to Flobo's point, it made it hard to care about because it didn't. I wasn't sure either of them belonged there. They're both fine. I like them both as wrestlers, but in that moment for that match, and that's not their fault. It's the build that they've been given. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it didn't feel like either of them really were cemented as supposing to be there. I thought this was a match that Bailey should have beaten someone a little more seasoned, ideally. I, I thought maybe like a Mandy Rose Mandy or Rose, a Sonya, Sonya Deville Rose, yeah. uh, to give her credibility for a later match with an Ember Moon. But um, it, if they did this a month from now, I think it would have been a, a different story. Do you think this was maybe the weakest women's match of the weekend? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe maybe not the tag I team I was not title. a fan of Shayna versus Maya. No, no, yeah. I was going to say, me and oh, Shayna Baszler right. was, was a right. bad match. And that hurts and, me and to the say The crowd that, was so courteous. Like, yeah, God bless the NXT crowd, because they were very nice on that. <laughs> I know we're not a takeover show, but yeah. here's here's my lukewarm take. I said it a bunch of times. Me and Yim was not ready for that platform, and that match was flat. And, and it's not Shayna Baszler's fault, because she had good matches mm-hmm. with Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane and, and Bianca Belair. Um, but me and Yim had all the opportunity lights were on her here's her first shot you mm-hmm. can have a bad match about the first time you're on pay-per-view mm-hmm. that was bad and I know that ultimately like we you, th- you sit back and say TakeOver Toronto wasn't the best TakeOver I think that match had a lot to do to it, uh, to it so. yeah I they gave Mia Yim every opportunity to be great in that match but the, it's funny when you first mentioned it I totally forgot about that match because Io Shirai and Candice LeRae was Stole so mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. that was the only women's match on TakeOver I was thinking about right so I was like oh, I was like, oh yeah that, that match was amazing yeah. so yeah I guess uh, but you're right that maybe so maybe yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, the tag I, team match wasn't because I thought this either. match was good to be honest. Like you said, like maybe when you watched it with the mute off, and I was watching, and 
like I had it on. I, I wasn't really listening to the crowd that much because I feel like they were just kind of all over the place. Right. But I liked it. I, I thought it was a good match. Like I don't think it was bad at all. I no, mean, I, I can't say that about my, Mia and Shayna. You know, I thought that had its moments, and I, like I said, I think the crowd was very curious with them. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought it was good. I just thought the build was kind of like weak. Like, oh hey, I got you this week. I got you that week. Like no, like you're fighting for what is arguably the top championship in your brand. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. To me, it was good. I just thought the buzz was kind of whatever. Right. Uh, I mean, the buzz, the, the buzz for me for KO versus Shane, I think I, I loved. I love anytime KO gets on the mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you said you thought you had Shane winning. Uh, I, I had, yeah, because Shane has nothing to lose. If I thought storyline wise, if KO was fired, you have some storylines to work with. But he always gets fired. I understand that, but I'm saying it was, the stipulation was if I beat you, you're fired. But if I lose nothing, I was like, well, that would never work. You well, know that's why right? Shane it made sense. It made sense for Shane to lose. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what we got. But I'm just saying storyline wise, that would be the swerve I was looking for, being like, well, now what's Ko going to do? It's funny because like they showed that clip a couple weeks ago of like uh, uh, Ko Kevin Owens quitting, like, oh, I quit after he lost. But they didn't show them. Losing to Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, causing Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to, to leave SmackDown, which they just showed up on Raw the next day, anyways. Right. But I feel like that would have added to the story. Uh, but now we see Babyface KO. Like, obviously, I, I thought he was going to win. You, you had KO I winning. I had KO right? winning yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think KO could be one of the biggest babyfaces the company's had in a long, long time. Something uh, we had chatted about uh, a little bit ago, uh, I think the way the world is looking at, at faces right now, there's kind of a transition. I think one of the reasons guys like Seth Rollins don't feel as cool as he used to, or guys like even Roman Reigns don't feel as cool as they used to, is if you look at how people post on social media and what they talk about in, in mu- music and things, is uh, people are a lot more insecure these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, people like a lot of memes are talking about not being qualified for life early enough and and songs are talking about needing certain drugs to get by we don't want to support the guy that's like nothing bothers me i I can get through anything Mm -hmm. but the guy who has people like telling him hey you're fat and him going yeah i know but i'm still gonna do my best i'm Mm -hmm. still gonna fight against this this boss that i don't want to be the guy to fight him but someone has to and that's the guy that kevin owens is and i think that that's what people are attracted to and the more they give him a mic and the more they give him a platform, I think he is going to continue to just skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is maybe channeling too much of Vince versus McMahon or Vince versus Austin? I feel like they've tried this storyline with different people in the past the same couple thing. years. It's, it's, it's rebel, good guy, right. stunning uh, the evil boss. Right, and that's a very, very like worn pretense that really comes down to the varying results, right? You got like Daniel Bryan did okay, uh, but then you actually had you know, Seth Rollins had it for a little bit, um, but it really comes down to how it's presented. The reason why we like KO is because he's been such a bad guy for so long that when the, when the bad guy is telling it like it is in our favor, it's like, he's a straight shooter. It's really pushed by his mic skills here. I'm not sure if I'm quite sold in this on him, when he does pop it off, it's like, oh yeah, it's great. I'm not thinking, you know, that's Stone Cold ripoff. I don't know, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. So I think it's some room there from the ground. I think the difference between him and Stone Cold, the subtle difference too, is that again, I don't think Kevin Owens, the character, wants to be feuding with Shane McMahon. I think he wants to go off and do his own thing. I think he'd like to be a bad guy character, but 
he has to deal with Shane McMahon because Shane McMahon's causing so much problems as opposed to a, a Stone Cold wanted to pick a fight with Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a subtle difference, but I think KO just wants Shane McMahon out of the way so he can continue being KO, and he can't do that as long as Shane's there. So what's next for him? Because I feel like his biggest gripe is, come, is Shane coming out. He beat Shane, so now how, how does he stay over in some ways? Like, he can't just keep calling out the boss every week. How does he stay an over babyface? I mean, when he gets on the mic... What does he say next? I think what happens next is Shane McMahon gets on the mic and says, the worst thing you could have done is stayed employed by me. And then that's when Shane McMahon starts throwing things at Mm -hmm. him to deal with. And that's the next step. Do you see like maybe a championship run for Kevin Owens sometime soon? Down the road, for sure. Like not, Not Intercontinental US, which he's been both, but I'm saying like WWE or even Universal. Yeah, think, as like, a face, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, he's so good on the microphone. I think you could give him anything, and he's gonna he's gonna do well. Yeah, I agree. But if I, if I was buying stock in wrestlers, I would buy a ton in KO right now. Yeah, same here, man. Would you buy a ton on the OC? No. That was a good show, though. I saw I saw a funny thing, and it's too late because I saw it like a month ago. It was like I want the OC to feud with like the revival, and so it can be Dawson's Creek versus the OC or something like that. Whatever, whatever. Um, But we saw the speaking of the OC, we had uh, AJ Styles versus Ricochet for the United States Championship. Now this has been a feud kind of going on for like a month or so, a month and a half. Uh, Just real quick. When you first saw that these guys were going to be in a program, what were you guys' expectations? Like, I mean, we we know what Ricochet could do. We see him against Will Ospreay. We see him all against in as Prince Puma and, and uh, Lucha, Lucha Underground. Underground. We know what AJ can do. So when you put them together, like, just is your fancy getting tickled or your toes you've been curling up? You know, like what's happening when you when what? you see that they are going to have a, a big time match at SummerSlam? My toes were at full curl. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a middle problem. <laughs> I, I was into it too, on, especially on paper. The first time they actually worked, worked together in Raw, I was like, "Yo, man, this is gonna be great." Mm-hmm. Uh, my my enthusiasm has waned quite a bit, but those guys are. I mean, AJ is what is like a workhorse. He's a classic guy, and Ricochet's on the rise. So I mean, you can't go wrong. I just kind of wish something else would happen. Yeah, I think I think AJ is I think one of the best flyers of all time. Uh, I think Ricochet could be someday. Uh, I think the, the main difference between the two is I think AJ knows how to work a match a bit more uh-huh. than Ricochet does at this point. But on paper, I absolutely loved it. Um, this was a good match. Uh-huh. I don't know if it met my expectations for them. Which does again, it, does kinda, it get kind of yeah. ruined when you see like Anderson and Gallows kind of mix in there? Not Maybe not cause anything specific, but are you like, oh, kind of wanted to see them do their own thing? Or is it just kind of like, all right, I get it, part of the story? I, I'm kind of torn because I, I was going to say, oh no, it's fine because they're they're in the they're in the club. Then you'll see they're the enforcers, they're a group, they're a yeah. unit. But the problem is that those guys don't have any motivation, right? They got together because AJ was like, you need to win, and so they got together, and so they're winning. But now what? So I know last week they teased, or two weeks ago they had teased like a, a exhibition match between them and the New Day to say, okay, maybe it might be the start of some kind of gang warfare or some kind of like region thing. But now you have this group; they're kind of hanging around with no direction other than the fact that hey, we're together. Um, so it is kind of like extra baggage for this match. But I don't know. Maybe there might be something down the line. Yeah, I found myself thinking less about the two wrestlers and more about how it impacts the OC and what they do next mm-hmm. versus what Ricochet does next. Because um, if Ricochet won, does that mean, okay, now they're going to keep feuding? If AJ wins, as Flobo, as you said, I, okay, what happens now? Because you can't just be a group that your thing is, we're just going to beat people up. Like, you've got to have something. You they did beat up John Cena. 
Well, okay. that's okay. How come you don't bring that? I want them to bring that back. Yeah. Like they also go like, "Oh, beat up John Cena," but they don't. I guess it doesn't fit that well when you say "beat up Ricochet." Right, because it's Ricochet. And the, I mean, that doesn't you can't beat him up. But yeah. then having those guys beat up Ricochet, who says, "All right, you're a tough guy. You beat one guy dressed in blue." A guy that's still fairly new and hasn't really right. cemented himself, anyways. So it's it's not like they would they ganged up and beat up a John Cena. I mean. Ricochet, I love Ricochet, but he's still fighting for TV time. It's not like he's a made man. What did you think of his outfit? It grew on me. I was like, what is he wearing? And over time, we're like, you know what? Why not, man? <laughs> you know, be all Nightwing, Dick Grayson, it's all good. I don't, I don't like how many wrestlers are copying different costumes now. How it's just like a common, like Johnny Gargano dressed as Wolverine, and then Alexa Bliss dressed as Buzz Lightyear. Oh come on, that was precious. It's adorable. That was adorable. It's one of those things where it's, it was cool when like it happened very rarely, but now when you see multiple wrestlers do it every pay per view, it feels like okay, everyone's playing dress up today. No, it was. It's a, I, I'm, a, I'm an I'm an old school guy. I want you to wear the exact same. Exact same tights every single week for your entire 30-year career. Well, a smart man said, you know, you want to know why the only reason why they switch up their tights every now and then? So they can get a new action figure. Oh. It's all about the moolah. See that? Thanks for making that make, make sense, man. I saw that on Table for Three. I, I think, like, somebody said, like, Regal had said that to them. They're like, oh, I think Seamus said it, that Regal said it. I'm like, the reason why I changed my tights is because I can get a new, a new action figure. That makes sense. That's genius. Oh. Well, I'm not going to hold against anyone for making any more money. <laughs> so good, good on them. So I'm wearing a tie next week. So that's that's why I'm wearing the vest and the tie. So <laughs> right. Well, somebody, somebody that kind of wore the same thing for years, Bill Goldberg. I mean, right. black yeah. tights. I mean, like, come on. So they went from those little briefs to ones, little square ones. You know, you kind of switch it up. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll save my thoughts until I hear you guys, your guys' thoughts. But this this match happened. You know, we thought we did all, they all, we thought it was going to be the Miz versus Ziggler, but that's going to happen tomorrow, tomorrow apparently. But we saw Goldberg. Were you guys pumped when you saw Goldberg at the end of Monday Night Raw last week? I love Goldberg. I am unapologetic. I love Goldberg. Uh, I was a huge WCW fan, so his 173 win streak is uh, has still has a special place mm-hmm. in my heart. Um, I will say, it looks like he's he's gotten older as he came out. Um, no, no, no hard feelings to the guy. I mean, he still looked fine, but it was can't stop Father Time. Man. You know, you, yeah, you can't stop Father Time. Um, so I liked it. My thought is, my hope is that it leads to Goldberg putting someone else over later and not just winning and then disappearing. Um, it feels like there's something more to it but with the whole Ziggler bringing him back in. and it, But I don't know. I mean, I, I would have rather seen this than Miz versus Ziggler. Really? Yeah, I mean... W- would you be fired up about Miz versus Ziggler? I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Miz as a babyface. I want to see what he can do. I think he's looked like a punk. The past, like I, I his, like Mrs. Babyface too because it's a different part of his character. But like mm-hmm. he never had a move set that made me go, "Oh wow, so close from finale." The or, end kicks. Oh yeah, or the knee to the neck breaker. It's like those are all like very like methodical heel like moves. Uh, no, I, I'm looking for. I saw the Saudi match, the one with Undertaker, and it was bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. And I always say this as a performer: if someone gives you a chance to redo it. Why not? You know, Zach and I are both DJs. Sometimes you have a bad gig. You're like, no, the next thing's going to be that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, the match itself was what we expected Goldberg. Come in, just hold the Malacha guy. Not sure where I came back the third time. 
that was kind of a bit much. I think the two times have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of glad it was back. I was kind of glad it was the second match of the night. Get now, in there and get out move on. Now, you mentioned, Jack, that you want to see at some point Goldberg come back and maybe put someone over. Who do you put over? Because Ziggler, you know, he's considerably younger than Goldberg. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, maybe closer to 40, but he's still a young guy that still full of potential. Uh, I'll tell you why I have a problem with this match. It's because you have Trish Stratus, who, in my opinion, best female wrestler of all time. Okay. Comes over, put over Charlotte. Goldberg, not even top fifty, comes in and just destroys everybody. You know, like like who are you going to put over? Uh, Ever? I'll, I'll tell you the difference here. Is that if that's okay? The, <laughs> the 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 difference here is that if you put Goldberg on a poster, it'll sell tickets. I love Trish Stratus. Mm-hmm. Trish Stratus isn't going to sell as many tickets as mm-hmm. Goldberg is, and it's. Whether you loved Goldberg or hated Goldberg, Goldberg is a sell. He's a draw. People are gonna. Mm-hmm. If you put him up, I know a bunch of people that even disappear. You used to watch wrestling, stopped watching wrestling. They're like, oh, Goldberg's still doing this. Okay, I'm interested. I'll buy in. Um, and I think that's the difference between him and Trish Stratus. And Super Showdown too. If if he would have lost Clean Undertaker and put someone else over, great. But the fact that he knocked himself out and had that botch, you have to like build him up to have him put someone over again. It wasn't like Trish coming out of like the smoke and like you know putting over Charlotte. Yeah, it's just because like when you you look at Goldberg and I'll talk about Batista in a second. Where like Goldberg comes in, he loses to Brock, he loses to Taker. Uh, they don't need the victories. Batista, I listened to him on Jericho's podcast. You guys mm-hmm. listen to that at all? Sometimes. Then um, Batista was like, oh, I only want to come back to put over. For Hunter, you know, he put me over back when I was. Uh, I only want to come back to, to face Hunter at Mania. Uh, he's, he's he's good. Yeah. You, you don't need to put him over. Right? Right. If you want to face him one more time, that's fine. But you don't need to put him over. Right. Like I'd like to see you put over Braun Strowman. I'd like to see you put over Bobby Lashley. You know, right. but I don't need just. I don't need to see you. Fave, you know, like you come back and it's like, okay, like are you gonna give back at all? You know, or are you just gonna come in and destroy everybody? That's not on him because sure. I'm sure they just call him up and say, hey, we need you to come in. Beat Ziggler up, be beat up whoever. It's like I don't know. It just, it just. I, I, I. At what point does Goldberg lose? I guess what I'm saying is this, this is the first half of rehabilitating Goldberg as a force to uh-huh. put someone over. I'm giving the benefit yeah. of the doubt only because that match was so bad. But you're right. If you're going to come back just to win everything, that says a lot about your current roster. If a 50 year old man can still beat you all up, but it also to, to, to Goldberg's credit, if he's putting everyone over, they're not going to keep bringing him back. And if you're paying him what they must be paying him. There's a financial reason to say, no, I think I want to beat Ziggler. Well, I mean, same thing with Brock, though. Like, I mean, we all yeah. said the same thing. Like, Brock just comes back and destroys everybody. Like, at some point, he's got to lose to somebody, right? Even when he lost yeah. to Goldberg, it's like, really? You lost to Goldberg? Like, yeah. he doesn't well, need it. Well, I would love to see, you know, future booking-wise, I would love to see McIntyre beat Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if McIntyre beat Goldberg today, we'd be like, yeah, Goldberg's lost three in a row, and he looked terrible in Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia. Do you think he needs the victories to kind of right. to rebuild what about, himself? Do you hear about Matt Riddle? Yeah, I heard about yeah, that. Yeah. I guess there was something, and anybody that's, that's watching or listening, I guess Matt Riddle was up doing the watch-along at SummerSlam, he was saying, yeah, I saw Goldberg in the back, and I guess Matt Riddle's been tweeting a lot about Goldberg you know, in a negative way, and mm-hmm. it's like, Goldberg is like, hey, we need to talk. We need to talk. Like, yeah, we do need to talk, bro. But Goldberg's like, I'm not your bro. Like, okay, bro. Like, relax, bro. You know, like, I'll see you later then. I was like, okay. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's a work. Like, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think it's a work. I, I really think that, that Matt Riddle feels that he can go and he can hang with the new generation. And the fact they're bringing up guys like Goldberg who had that bad match is, is making, making what he does as a living look like it's cheap. 
And when the, on Goldberg's end, hey, look, I put the work in the time where you didn't think wrestling was an option. I deserve some respect. So these are real personalities. They're real, a real clash there. I'm not sure if it's going to be a match, but if it's going to be a match, if you're going to, you got to start building up real now because I like him in NXT, but our casual fan doesn't know who Riddle is. MMA career aside, like we were saying earlier, we don't. I mean, his MMA career is not the same as Brock Lesnar, so it may go nowhere. Yeah, I don't think it'll lead to anything. I mean, everyone complains about how Lacey Evans came up and is suddenly in a world title match, but then people are saying, oh, why don't they bring in Riddle and just suddenly put him in a Goldberg back? No one knows who Matt Riddle is outside of NXT fans uh, or a small group. And I like I like Matt Riddle. I'm a big fan of his. But I think if he came out to, uh, like, tonight, everyone would be like, who is this guy? I mean, you hear a few, like, NXT fans, but mm-hmm. most people are like, who is this? And especially because he hasn't really done as much in NXT as, like, a Gargano or a Ciampa or Adam Cole yeah. has done. Like, to personally, I'm not really sold on Riddle yet. I'm not saying I'm not That's and not a fan. I'm just saying like I'm not sold on him. I'm like, a fan too. Yeah. You know, like he just comes down and says, "Bro," like that's literally the beginning of his entrance. Like, Bro. <laughs> yeah, I think he's entertaining. I just like I said, even a Gargano who's done a ton, a ton of stuff in NXT. If he came out to face Goldberg, everyone would be like, "Who is this <laughs> Gargano?" Gargano like, who is this guy? <laughs> and Gargano wins. <laughs> and Gar- oh <laughs> <Wow>. Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, I don't I don't think the Matt Riddle thing will happen. I think by the time Matt Riddle would be at a place where it makes sense for him to to face Goldberg, Goldberg will be done. Mm-hmm. I don't I I feel like Goldberg's got maybe two matches left. When do you bring when do we see Goldberg again? Probably uh Survivor, Survivor Series. Think so? Yeah. I don't I don't see him doing a Clash of Champions or a uh Fastlane or Great Balls great of balls Fire. Of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Survivor Series would be like the classic answer. I mean, if they, I mean, the thing is about classic champions, there's actually a five week gap, which seems like an all like luxury now between SummerSlam and and classic champ, which they should have been the gap between you know Money in the Bank and SummerSlam, which didn't get. So I, it could work there, but Survivor Series is a lot more of a marquee thing. Okay, okay. Now speaking of marquee, speaking of people on the billboards, Roman Reigns was on the billboard. But he was nowhere to be found on this pay-per-view. No mm. Roman Reigns, no Daniel Bryan. Now, we heard a lot of the rumors about, you know, what's going to happen with their feud. Is it, I mean, it hasn't really been determined yet who was behind the forklift accident, who was the hit and run. Rumors say Rowan was it. I know we saw Apollo Cruiser's Buddy Murphy on the kickoff show, not the pre-show, but the kickoff show. Right. And then Rowan interfered. Daniel Bryan lurking on. Are you guys a little disappointed that we didn't see anything, uh, except for the video package, uh, but anything from Roman or Daniel Bryan on this pay-per-view? No, so I keep starting bring. Yeah, no, I, I didn't miss them. Um, you know, I, I love Daniel Bryan. I think Roman Reigns is great as well. But I, I didn't miss them on this show. I, I thought the show was still stacked. I think if we were to put them in a match just for the sake of putting them in a match, then we would have hated it. But I think that I would rather having them off the show and build to something better at Clash of Champions mm-hmm. than rush something on just for the sake of having Roman Reigns on the show. Yeah, that's a step in the right direction. You have storylines that have a that need a conclusion, and then you have ones that are ongoing. And so, even though he didn't have a match, I wasn't yeah, I wasn't looking for it. You know, it'd be weird. Like, who would he fight? Would would uh, uh, Joe? <laughs> if Roman go back in time and fight Buddy Murphy again, uh, like as a grudge match, that wouldn't work either because you know Roman's gonna go over. So, um, I'm glad that they took him off for sure. Now, what about not having a show with like Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre? Like, does that say anything about their status as many maybe possible main event caliber athletes, or is it just one of those? where a lot of people are on the roster, you can't have everybody on the roster. 
That's it. Nailed it. I just don't think you can have everyone on the roster. Shinsuke Nakamura and Ali was was rumored for the show, but never happened. Sure. I mean, a lot of people on the roster. It's, it is kind of weird in the case of Shinsuke because he is the IC champion. Um, and definitely Samoa Joe because he has so much time during the television shows with his promos that you would think that he'd be on, on SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. But you're right. There's not enough time for everyone. Mysterio and Almas. Like... I mean, we can always say that. I mean, that those guys can always go. Their 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 chemistry is off the charts. You know, you don't really have to burn it here. Like, is there a match that maybe we saw on the show that maybe could have been replaced by, let's say, an Ali Nakamura or Ray versus Almost or something to that extent? Maybe the tag match that was rumored: Brian and Rowan against Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns. I think the, ma- the, the matches that we got were, were pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if SummerSlam would have benefited from the extra hour from WrestleMania, maybe, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't swap anything out because the way the pacing of this pay-per-view was, it was pretty much like a deliberate pace with the matches and the, and the thrills and whatnot. So. Yeah, I, I think everything everything felt like it flowed very well. I, the, I don't know if this, sh- this show had a ton of high points and amazing stuff, but it, it did flow very well. Everything felt like it progressed naturally. And I think throwing one of those people in there just for the sake of throwing them in there would have thrown that off. Mm-hmm. Um, I like all those people. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Andrade fan. I'm a huge Smojo fan. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think throwing them in would have changed anything on the show. Now, you mentioned earlier, uh, for a second, you probably thought that the Women's Tag Team Championship match was probably the weakest women's match of the, of the night. We saw it at the end of the pre-show. I'm a big fan of all those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, did you not like this match at all? You just thought it was just maybe not as good as some of the other matches? or I just didn't think it was as good as some of the other yeah. uh, women's matches. I, I agree. I like all the people on uh-huh. the show uh, in the in that match. I think the iconics are great. I'm actually glad they had a match just because it hasn't been defended defended a lot. Um, and I like that they built a little credibility for Cross and Bliss. Uh-huh. Wait, well, I, I for, just, remember, one of you called it. One of you called it. They're going to remain a team. They're I not going to break up. Okay, they're going to be tag yeah, team yeah. champions. I bought stock in that team, and yeah. now I'm cashing that, that, that it. That sounds in. like you for sure. Yep. <laughs> now, 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 with that said, since since you called it, now on the spot, you got to come up with a name for Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I know. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. I don't. So, get so apparently, you were just you were just fibbing as far as buying stock <laughs> because it sounded like you were all in. You were like, you're like, oh, they should come up with it. I already got the name planned, and you know, the, yeah. Well, if it's, but if apparently, it's, you know, it's based on the WWE tag team names and their their fire and desire things, I think just going with a twisted bliss type name. That's as her a team, name with a finisher. Yeah, but that's what they would do. Oh, bliss she's, cross. You bliss know, cross. Also make you jump, jump because of <laughs> twisted, <laughs> twist, no, 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 twisted, twisted sisters or something like that. Twisted sister, because they're, they're just not gonna take it anymore. I'm just, right? <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying. I mean, when you when you got fire and desire as a tag team name and the Viking experience one week, right? <laughs> come on, like, twisted sisters. Don't don't. don't don't put my bar so high. <laughs> so you think that they're going to keep the championship against the Kabuki Warriors tomorrow? I think that's that's been announced. Yeah, oh, was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah it was. You think so. you think it's this is this is a, a good long run for maybe them as champions or just something solid for them? Yeah, it definitely seems like the like the um, the situation where you know the, the ex girlfriend's like I'm not being paid attention to. And you're like, oh baby, I love you. Here's some flowers and chocolates. Like we talked about for months, there was no tag team division. All of a sudden, you get three matches uh-huh. in, in a week, and it's I'm glad they're doing it, but it, it just seems very cynical. Like, oh, you want matches? Here you go. I'm gonna put uh, Oscar and Kyrie on Monday nights to have a match instead of a some kind of storyline, you know, or or a tag team thing. Well, if we're gonna deal with Alexa Bliss and Nick Cross being tag team champions, I'm glad they're actually out there competing. So. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm glad they're competing. I I hope they keep them just because I I believe Sane and Oscar would be so much better as singles wrestlers. I don't want them to be a tag team. I think they need them to be singles wrestlers at this point too. But mm-hmm. of course, I guess they need them to be tag team. No. They, they, they need a little bit of everything. But yeah, I'm just I I think they'll retain. I think they'll keep them for quite a while. I hope so. What'd you guys think of the cruiserweight title match with uh, Drew Gulak and Oni Lurkin? Yeah, you know it's 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 a tough one. Have you guys been watching it at all recently? Two hundred five Live. Yeah, I have. It's been great, haven't it? Chad yeah. Gable and Jack Gallagher. Well, I think Chad Gable's the next challenger, but like, uh, yeah. For, for Chad Gable aside, the brand is really awesome, and I think it's pretty dope, and uh, and I love it. But the only thing, the problem I had with two hundred five historically was that the roster was so small, but now they're actually getting new guys in there. Um, the match itself was great. Drew Drew Gulak is a, a, a technician, and reminds me mm-hmm. like Malenko in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and, and only has that like that hard hitting style. But the problem with it is they're just not fun to talk about to friends. You can't be like, oh man, that like that intensity Lorkin has is, is amazing or the precision Drew has. So it's one of those matches where it was like a wrestler's match. Mm-hmm. I think because yeah. the fans that we appreciate it, but it wasn't like a oh my gosh kind of a thing, which I think the creative division needs because they're always banished to the pre-show. And when they're not in the pre-show, like we only had a money in the bank, what was that uh the last night when like Tony Nese were like, mm-hmm. eh, okay, whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think you nailed it. It's the, it's it's a great. It was a great match for wrestling fans who get it. But yeah, if you were to talk to your friend about it, or the non wrestling fan was watching it, they wouldn't get it. Um, but I think they're both great. I'm a big Gulak fan. Um, Ani, I'm. I think he's fine. I, I'm not passionate one way or the other. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, yeah. Number one, two. Um, oh yeah, and then Danny Murch is number two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm calling it right now. Hot take. I, I am begging. Like, if I was at all in any way, shape, or form, like, in any friends with any friends out there, I'd say, please, please, please put Rey Mysterio, put Daniel Bryan on the Cruiserweight division. You don't have to take him away from SmackDown or Raw. Yeah. Just put them in there. Daniel Bryan as Cruiserweight champion would be, like, tremendous. Yeah. It, it's not bringing mm-hmm. them down. It's building that brand even higher because it's saying, like, hey, I know I'm, I'm competing with the top dogs here. I know I'm former U.S. champion and kind of champion from world champion, but I want to be that Cruiserweight champion as well. I fit the criteria. I'm under 205. I want that championship too. I think that would be huge for the brand. That would add so many fresh angles for the show, in, yeah. in, including Jack Gallagher, Chad Cable, uh, Isaiah Scott, last Shane Strickland, who we just saw a couple weeks ago. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I, I thought that was, was uh, Daniel Bryan's career-altering announcement was going to be, that he was going to be on Cruiserweight division, yeah. which I would have loved, but, man. It's a spirit of choice. Like, I would love to see that, but I, I can't imagine. Like, I, again, I have to believe when I see it. I feel like it's a good idea, but I can't imagine the promo of him being like, I'm going to Tuesday night, late night on WWE Network for the Cruiserweight division, but I think if he was the champion, uh, like, when when Enzo was champion, yeah, yeah. they actually had storylines played over yeah. to the main brand. So, yeah, it could be a good Because even when those, let's say people just don't watch 205 Live, but then they see, turn on SmackDown, they see uh, Daniel Bryan with the Cruiserweight Championship. I'm like, oh, wow, he's okay. Like, let me let me tune in to see what's going on because those matches have been great. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't say enough great things about Chad Gable on 205 Live. Like, Yeah, the Cruiserweight division really has always been amazing. It's just finding storylines to get people to care I about think it. that first year half disagree I think that first year was kind of like them trying to find a, an identity mm-hmm. so I think a lot of that was like I remember kind of like oh I gotta watch another episode of 205 Live and not that I had to but I'm like yeah. I, got, I had I felt like I had to keep up but I like I didn't want to keep up because it was right. like I don't know the, the action wasn't that great right. but now it's like on a whole other level it's this is like 
WCW Nitro when they first started, like status. And I'm hoping that, and I don't know if they're going to do it, but like maybe when Bischoff fully takes over, right. maybe he can kind of control the Cruiserweights because maybe bring them on SmackDown and. You know, there was room for them when Nitro was two hours. Right. Why not? Get you know, what, cool when, on give me a cruiserweight match on, on SmackDown. Put the cruiserweight title at the third spot in the pay per view. Yeah. Now don't have it vanish the kickoff match and give me packages. You have enough time to give me a package. Oh, why I should care about the Bollywood boys? You can do that, but you choose mm-hmm. not to. I think there's a lot of room for that to grow. Do you think they should put? Just move two hundred five into SmackDown and make it part of the same show. Or do you no, think no, not at all. I'm just separate? saying, like you can have a cruiserweight match on SmackDown and with not even guys in the, in the, at the top of the division saying, "Hey, this is, these are cruiserweight title villains. See more of these guys tonight." They did that first the first year. They had like a, a cruiserweight match on Raw mm-hmm. with Cedric Alexander and Enzo Amore saying these guys are on two hundred five on Tuesday. Do you think that would then if you're doing that, is there precedent to say also why don't you just have an NXT match on? Well, when they were last year and they brought the four guys up and had a little bit of preview, they all had NXT bugs and they said, hey, these guys are NXT. I wouldn't do that as much because NXT is a bit more separate. I don't, yeah. even though 205 is a brand, it isn't as a hard split as NXT UK is. Yeah. Fair. I will say there's a big rumor and nothing's been confirmed, but that Raw or NXT is going to be on FS1 Wednesday nights for two hours. Like, I'd like to see them, like, you know, the 205 Live guys get love in front of a good audience that loves to see the people wrestle. But I'm afraid that will take away because, like, we don't really see NXT getting inserted on WWE pay-per-views. And I hate, and can I just say one more thing? I hate that people think that that's a third brand. Because mm-hmm. if that's a third brand, then put them on WrestleMania. Put them right. on SummerSlam. No, it's not a third brand because you're not including them on the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I always say it's college football. And the main rosters, the NFL. Yeah, and it's still very college football is awesome, amazing. Yes, you know? it's not. That's not a put down at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because and, and I, I think that's how it should be treated, and that's where you draft from yeah. is from NXT. And um, so when we were talking about, I would love to have them have their multiple NXT, you know, NXT, NXT UK. I would love before the draft after WrestleMania or whatever, they build up the who's going to be the number one draft pick. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Johnny Gargano is projected to go number one. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he just lost a match. Is that going to affect his draft status? You can have a whole build around that and now you can have these matches between guys on NXT that are really nothing but you can say it's affecting their draft status which isn't really anything but it gives value to a match we're about to wrap up right now but I want to get your thoughts Edge coming back and spearing Elias I didn't get it you didn't get it? I, I'm not an Edge fan to begin with, historically. Wow. Uh, and I get the fact that Elias always is that guy, but he's been that guy for two years. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, how many times he's going to be the, oh my gosh, this special guest got the better of me. I mean, am I supposed to buy into this guy as a competitor, or is he going to be a joke? So, I wasn't mad. I mean, I get it. It's a, a cheap pop. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. But to, to Flobo's point, um, to me, this was the end of Elias for me. I mean, we'll still see him on TV and stuff, mm-hmm. but if there was ever, you know, going back to the whole stock thing, if you had any stock in him, sell it. It's done. He's not, it's right. not. It's, it's done, baby. He's done. That he's not, move to SmackDown killed him. He's just, he's done. I yeah, well, because Raw, they gave him a segment every night. Yeah. He worked the crowd, but then he can't even work the crowd anymore, and he's still losing the matches. It's like, well, why am I buying into that? Like, what's the last time yeah. he saw his merch in the crowd? I remember last week he did the Who Wants to Walk with Elias, and it was like, like it was like really muted. Like people are getting, and it. especially after that one segment that they had in Seattle like six months ago, it With was Kevin Owens, yeah, <laughs> which was such a, a hot crowd in that moment. Yeah, he was he was great. I mean, I wish they used him, but I think tonight was clearly them saying, "Look, he's going to be the guy that comes out, gets cheap heat, and then he's going to get smashed by somebody." Mm-hmm. And that's that's what he's been for two years. He, it's it's not changing. That's what he's going to do. That's who he is, and. 
I loved him, but it's yeah, it's Edge, done. Cena, Jeff Jarrett, like everybody's. And I've yeah. gone on record and said I despise the twenty four seven championship. Yeah. I'm happy for everybody involved. I think those segments are entertaining. I think I'm happy for our truth, everybody involved in it. What did you guys think when you saw that? I laughed, but right. the R Truth Carmella part of the the international announce team. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool thing because it, it, it's one of those things. The international announce team it seems kind of like overdone. Like, yeah. why would you actually show us the Mandarin announce team? Why do we care as Americans? Right, we're so like in our own heads, ugly Americans. So them playing with that was great. Um, I, my always my big problem with Twenty Four Seven Championship. Uh, we talk about this in the other review shows. Is that I was happy with them moving away from Maverick and our truth and giving Maria and a whole other story other other people a chance to have their chapters in that book and going back to our truth even though I, I do love it now it's kind of like whoa nothing new has happened we're just having our truth going like Carmella my European championship my lucky charms kind of a thing and it's kind of getting out of flat yeah I'm 100% with Flobo I, it was it was fun and it, it does have fun moments but it's also becoming Repetitive, mm-hmm. and I, I agree. I thought uh, Maria having it was a great second chapter. I wanted to see her be the heel mm-hmm. that held on to it for a bit and kept it away from our truth because he wouldn't be able to yeah. get it back from her. Um, it, it just it's it is starting to feel repetitive. It's fun, you know. I, I do, do you have think fun moments, they should have a different? Do you think? Do you think it's time to move on for a, from a different face? Because we see our truth. He's the most person synonymous with the championship. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe someone else, or do you think maybe a heel should have it for a couple weeks or something like that, or do you think it's always going to be week here, week there, this week our truth, next week you know Maria or whoever. I think they need to start moving it into being actual matches uh-huh. at some point. I mean, ideally in the ring, but even if they want to do old-school, hardcore match in the back somewhere. But they need to do something where there's actual stakes. Can I tell it. you why I hate it? <laughs> no. <laughs> because for, more often times than not, a championship represents a region or a division or something where you're the best tag team. You are the best pair in the, in the world or on your brand. You're the best wrestler in the U.S. or Intercontinental. That derived from North American Championship with the South American Championship. United to be the Intercontinental. You know, that's where it came from. World, Universal. What are you a champion of if you're the 24-7 championship? Like, what, what are you a champion of? Like, like I, You're always open, man. That's it. I, I always thought it would be a, a fun way to, to use it is if they said if you hold it for a certain period of time, you get something. Yeah. So if it was like, if you hold it for three months, you get a title shot mm-hmm. at, like a world title shot or whatever, maybe a U.S. title shot or something. But that way there's, as it's getting closer and closer to that time, it gets more and more interesting. Yeah. And we can say, like, oh, are they going to get there? Are they going to get there? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, they lost it. Start it, start it over. Because you even had, but, like, I remember, like, the second or third week, uh, you had Zack Ryder and Carter Hawkins chasing it. A week after they lost the tag team belts, <laughs> they'd rather not represent being the best tag team in the entire world, or in that case, Raw. you rather chase a championship of, like, wait, what are you a champion of again? Like, yeah. 20 foot 20. I would yeah, never want. I would never want that title. There's no value. They they don't even talk about it being a like making money from yeah. it. Exactly. Like, it's a, yeah. Exactly. Sure. Like, you know. Sure. Yeah. I didn't mind it, but now I hate it now. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Final <laughs> thoughts on SummerSlam. What was your favorite part of SummerSlam? Oh, uh, favorite part of SummerSlam definitely is the spectacle itself. I loved it. Toronto crowd was kind of weird. Um, surprised me from Brooklyn, but the matches were great. The pacing was okay. Um, we finally got to, to reveal the fiend, whether or not we like him or not. Definitely the fence move there. We definitely are seeing us happening in the, in the WWE division with Randy Orton being the long term threat. So a lot of good things to pull from. I dug it. Um, definitely not the best SummerSlam ever of all time. Well, what is the best SummerSlam of all time then? Well, I, I am. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, Brock vs. Rock. No, I'm partial to 99. That's why I fell back into wrestling myself. That's the Highway it. to Hell one was good, too. That was 98, but uh, yeah, definitely so. All in all, solid show. I'll say 7.5 out of 10. The opposite of dealing my gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah, I uh, I thought it was a it was a great show. It, well, not great. I thought it was a good show. There was nothing really bad about it that I'd say ruined it. It was all all positive. I'd say it was a great B minus show. Um, spot of the night: Elias tripping uh, Kevin Owens, Owens with yeah. a slight just sticking his foot out and tripping him. Uh, that was my favorite moment of the night. It was good. It was B minus. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt entrance is mine. Loved it. I'm gonna watch it back as soon as we're over. Sure. But uh, hey. Where can people find you on social media? Oh, I'm available at Flopo Voice on Twitter, at Flopito on Instagram, and Flopito.com. Hey, hashtag bring black art. Uh, bring bring black. Black. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's, 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 let's that's go there. Let's together. Let's go there. Uh, bring <laughs> back Flopo. There's Black Jack. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I've been picking up the Twitter game, so if you want to go ahead and interact with me there, definitely go ahead and at me. I love chatting with everyone involved in the show. You can follow me at Hermosa, GH. ERMOZ on Twitter. Thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you for everybody in the live chat. We were looking at the live chat, so I wasn't ignoring you. Loved all your comments. Keep the comments going right there down below on the comment section. Hashtag bring back Jack. Hashtag bring back uh, Flobo. Oh, I said black again. Um, but I'll be back next month for sure. You know what? These guys will be back too. Thank you so much. See you next time. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only, do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.